Hi, and thank you for joining us again on the Pennsylvania Budget and Policy Center podcast. I'm John Neurer, Communications Director for PBPC, and joining us today is Mark Price. Mark is the Labor Economist for the Keystone Research Center, and he is back to talk to us a little bit more about the minimum wage. Mark, thanks so much for joining us again today. John, it's great to be here. Thank you. So what I thought we would do um, is a, a little bit different for the podcast. Um, for some context and background, Keystone Research Center put out a memo at the beginning of January that pointed to a number of neighboring states that increased the minimum wage starting at the beginning of 2019. Uh, Pennsylvania has been stuck at 7.25 an hour since it was raised at the federal level back in 2009. So Mark has done some tremendous work on minimum wage, its impact on Pennsylvanians and Pennsylvania workers um, for years now. So we wanted to bring him on to do, I think, you know, what we'll call fact versus myth. So uh, what I'm going to do, if you're okay with it, Mark, is I'm going to tick through some of the most common criticisms we hear in response to calls to raising the minimum wage. Um, and then you can give us your economist response to each of those claims. Is that, does that work for you? That works just fine. Okay. So, um, so first, here's a, here's a claim. Um, minimum wage and, and increasing the minimum wage will hurt businesses. Well, and you often hear this sort of phrased as though, you know, it's going to bring about enormous havoc. You know, uh, the, the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry uh, actually claimed on the radio with me the other day that, uh, you know, uh, coffee shops all over New York City have shut their doors, right? And, and, and so you follow up and ask the, the reasonable question, so you, you can't find a cup of coffee in New York City or, or in, in downtown Los Angeles now that the minimum wage is higher um, or that it's on its way to 15? And of course, the answer is uh, absolutely, you can find a cup of coffee, you can buy a hamburger, you can purchase all the things that, that we all rely on in our everyday lives um, in those places that have raised the minimum wage. Um, so certainly it's not the case that, that a minimum wage increase will, in the broad sense, lead to a massive loss of employment or opportunity for, for businesses. I think it is important to acknowledge that a minimum wage increase will hurt some businesses relative to others, right? So you may have a, a coffee shop that's that's marginal. You know, they don't serve good coffee. They have poor service. And minimum wage increase just might finally convince that owner that it's time to find something else to do. That doesn't mean the demand for coffee disappears. It just means simply that someone who's better, more innovative, and delivering that key product and the services associated with it um, will sort of fill the space and create not only jobs, but also jobs that are paying uh, a wage that is closer to what we would think of as a living wage. So this is semi-related to that argument, um, and that is that you know minimum wage workers are teenagers who will soon move on to other jobs. So you know increasing that minimum wage isn't as important. And, and then sort of related to that as well is that the minimum wage, if you increase it, it's going to result in higher unemployment for those teenagers at the same time. Well, I think the first and most important thing to recognize is that, that 9 out of 10 of the workers who would benefit from a minimum wage increase, and, and whether you're talking about uh, an increase to 10 or $12 or even 15 
the, the vast majority of workers are actually over the age of, of, of 20. Um, uh, so it, this is not a policy that, that disproportionately affects just teenagers. It affects the, the broad labor market. In fact, in Pennsylvania, 40% of the people who would be see their wages increase if we raise the wage to 15 um, are over the age of 40. Um, so this is certainly an issue for all workers, and it's not one that's isolated just to teenagers. Um, I think uh, when much of the economic literature and that's looking for negative impacts on employment uh, focuses on teenagers because that's what we would expect to see them the most the most likely place. You're always looking for a needle in a haystack in doing this kind of research. And the evidence is, is mixed. Um, some economists continue to f argue they find some employment losses for teenagers that result from a minimum wage increase, but there are other economists um, using, again, I think better research methods have found, in fact, that there's, there's no employment loss associated with a minimum wage increase, even for teenagers. Those folks you'd expect most to be impacted. And the reason you'd expect the teenager to be impacted is they have the least amount of labor market experience, and if an employer choosing between paying someone uh, $15 an hour, they might side with someone who's 25 as opposed to someone who's, who's 16. Uh, but again, when you actually look at the data, there's not a lot of evidence that teenagers um, uh, have lost employment. And when you look across the country, there are still teenagers employed at fast food restaurants in, in, in places that have raised minimum wage, whether you're talking about California or Seattle or, or New York City or soon in the, in the coming years ahead, New Jersey, which is now um, one of our neighboring states that's going to be moving the minimum wage to 15 by 2024. What about the argument that the work that's actually being done by minimum wage workers is, is not actually worth $15 an hour? I think the reality is that minimum wage workers today are better skilled, um, more productive than their counterparts at the minimum were 20, 25, 35 years ago. So the reality is that, that workers today, regardless of their age, regardless of what industry they're in, are just much more productive than, than workers in the past. And therefore, their wages should be higher. But the reason their wages aren't higher is precisely because um, at the very bottom of the labor market, workers don't have a lot of bargaining power. There are no unions or there are very few unions that, that really successfully represent low-wage workers. These are workers that can be pretty easily replaced. So they have limited bargaining power. And that bargaining power often is even made weaker by uh, collusion by employers. We now, for instance, know that um, well over 50% of franchise agreements that are signed by in places like Jimmy John's, uh, International House of Pancakes, these uh, franchises actually have rules in place that prevent their managers from hiring workers from other IHOPs, <laughs> which is sort of an odd thing to hear. Um, you know, why would you care if a server or a, a pancake uh, chef uh, wanted to work at another IHOP uh, location down the road? And precisely the reason you would care is that when an economy is expanding, workers chase higher wages, and a local IHOP might struggle to find uh, a cook or a waiter, um, so therefore they advertise at a higher wage. And when you start peeling off workers from other IHOP locations, it creates problems within the franchise network. So they have these rules that benefit the employer quite well, but they also put workers at a disadvantage, and they actually interrupt the natural process in the economy. We want wages to rise, and we want workers to chase higher wages. 
Um, but they, these kind of agreements, they limit workers' ability to do that. They sort of, you know, enhance their lack of bargaining power and hold down the growth in their incomes and their wages, making their lives more difficult. And I think ultimately, we would argue also it hurts the economy. Because at the end of the day, if you can't make ends meet, you've got to rely on a local food bank. You've got to do things like couch surf with friends, um, you know, and, and that stuff is not healthy, certainly for the individuals affected, but also for the broader economy. When you raise wages, you're putting more money in people's pockets. They're able to go out and spend that money and that spent locally and helps boost consumption spending and also ultimately drive the economy forward. So we think that's a good thing. Um, so we don't certainly worry much about the sort of the broader um, negative impacts that you might see uh, on opportunity for teenagers or, or any other worker when you raise the minimum wage. And, and again, the evidence points pretty clearly looking across our region, um, looking at a sector called food services, which is, again, a sector that employs a lot of low wage workers. Wages have grown faster in every surrounding state to us that has raised the minimum wage in that sector. Employment has also grown faster in every um, in, in that entire region. So it's pretty clear, even on the face, that uh, minimum wage increases uh, have not reduced employment opportunity in, in our neighboring states. It certainly have had no positive impact on employment here. The fact that we haven't raised the minimum wage hasn't given us a competitive advantage relative to New Jersey or New York. Um, in fact, our employment's growing slower. Our wages certainly are growing slower. And that means that workers are continuing to struggle um, in a way that they, they shouldn't have to. Um, they're being productive. They are making contributions. Their wages should rise to reflect that. Just a quick follow-up on the uh, what, what you were saying about the franchise agreements where they were blocked from hiring uh, employees from other you know of the same franchises in in a certain region that's also not very smart business i mean it might be that you 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 to bring them over from one franchise to another yeah you're gonna uh you're gonna have to pay them a dollar or two more but you're also basically blocking yourself from probably some of the best potential employees because they know the systems they know they know the menus they know the i it, it just it's not the smartest i mean i understand why they're doing it but in the end it it doesn't it, you're not you're not you're blocking yourself from maybe some the best potential pool of employees for the franchise also absolutely there there, there is no rationale for doing this in, in any, uh, and this is why economists, quite surprisingly, who tend to be quite skeptical of a lot of things, generally look at these agreements as being just absolutely terrible. Their, their whole purpose is effectively to hold down wage growth. Um, uh, and, and as you point out correctly, right, this is uh, something that hurts ultimately the franchise, um, uh, serves no purpose in terms of their human capital accumulation and, and, and investments and training and skills. But um, it, it does hold down wages, and that's really the whole intent here. Uh, and, and it also comes back, you know, the reason the Chamber of Business and Industry in Pennsylvania opposes a minimum wage increase is precisely because, although it's not going to reduce employment overall, it's not going to ultimately reduce the number of businesses, big or small, in the Commonwealth, it does raise wages, and, and some of those wage increases will come out of profit. Uh, so I think, you know, it's important to acknowledge that. Uh, and it's certainly, in our perspective, that's that's not a bad thing to, to raise wages um, because it's wages that ultimately drive the economy. Well, and, and a related claim then to that is that, that minimum wage increases lead to price inflation. So can you can you talk a little bit about that claim? 
Sure. You know, this is again one of the the, the otter <laughs> the otter streams of thought. Um, it, it is absolutely the case when you look at um, research focusing in particular on California, cities like San Jose, that as minimum wages go up, you will see some price increases in in sectors where minimum wage workers are important. So, in particular, in restaurants and and a fast food restaurant. Um, but those price increases will basically amount to, you know, a, a few cents on a bag of French fries or a hamburger. We're not talking about an average increase in the overall price level in the economy. A lot of people want to argue uh, very dishonestly that, you know, if you raise the wage, ultimately you're not leaving people any better off when you do that because prices will just eat up all of the increase in wages. And, and the plain reality is that's not true. Um, minimum wage workers will have more income in their pockets. They will spend that. They might, when they buy a bag of French fries, pay a bit more, but at the end of the year, they're still coming out with um, higher income, even after you adjust for the overall change in prices. And again, the reality is that minimum wage increases are not associated with broader inflation, but they will have an impact where low-wage workers are important. They're a big cost of doing business. So as you raise the wage in a fast food restaurant, the bag of a bag of French fries will go higher. A soft drink will go higher, but only by a few cents. Um, and certainly is not something overall that's going to, you know, eat up uh, the the effect of the wage increase. What we do when we raise the wage, and we know this because we look across all the states that have already done this, wages grow faster at the bottom of the labor market in states that have raised the minimum wage than in those like ours, Pennsylvania, that has not. Um, I, as I said before, Mark's done tremendous work over the last few years on minimum wage. You can find more uh, about that work that he's done at keystoneresearch.org. Um, and there is a movement afoot, uh, both at the federal level and, and here in Pennsylvania, to increase the wage. Um, you know, the political landscape is such that that is, um, you know, a difficult uh, fight, but it is it is a fight that um, Keystone Research Center and PA Budget and Policy Center, uh, along with many many partners here in in Pennsylvania, are um, continuing to have. So, uh, Mark, we really appreciate you taking some time to talk talk this through with us. And uh, over the next couple of months, as things become more clear about the possibility of increasing the minimum wage, either at the federal level or here in Pennsylvania, we'd love to have you back on to talk a little bit more about it. Absolutely. Thanks, John. It's always great to be here. And thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget, check out our website, 10bpc.org. There you can find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our policy papers and memos, and links to more podcasts just like this one. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on Apple iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.